Ignacio. Tiro de Cristiano. A week ago. From the corner. And he's buried again and again. Sergio Ramos. Stadio. What's up, Real Madrid podcast listeners? I sound way too excited right now for everything that's going down. But nonetheless, we're here for another podcast. I think this is three podcasts in like five days. So we're on a freaking roll. We're on a tear, baby. If only our team was performing as well as this podcast is right now. <laughs> that would be amazing. But anyways, today it's just myself, Mushtaq, co-editor, and host of the podcast, along with, I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, Tas Karim here, the Tas Karim, if you want to follow me on Twitter. Um, Consistency is the key right now, three and five days. There you go. You got it. Consistency is the key. That was a very bad throw I gave you. Like, I didn't really let you in. <laughs> but whatever. Nonetheless, last time we said quick and short podcast, uh, we kind of went five to ten minutes over. This time, quick and short, because there's a lot to talk about, but there also isn't a lot to talk about. First things first, the biggest thing on the agenda is, of course, Juliano Potegi, adios, ciao, bye-bye, see you later. Nothing went to plan for him. Last time he was a manager at a club, that was with Porto. Hassan, 2013-14 season, correct? Yeah, I think so. Top of my head, yeah. Yeah, 2013-14 season with Porto, of course, in Portugal. Uh, did not even make it, or rather, he only made it to January. Winter window came around. He got pieced out. This time, nobody's having it. We're only two months into the season. And apparently, according to the statement on the Real Madrid page, the board's decided uh, to say goodbye for a number of reasons. But anyways, Hassan, first initial thought on Lovetegi getting sacked. Agree or disagree? Uh, it's a bit of both, really. I mean, given the performance put in in El Clasico, it was kind of expected. But there's obviously a lot of factors behind the scenes where you kind of have to feel quite bad for him. So it's a case of he wasn't back sufficiently at the same rate. Obviously, you know, he's made a few little cock-ups here and there himself. So it's it's kind of hard to really think point point the finger at anybody in specific, really. But I think he's been scapegoated for sure, as a lot of people are currently saying as well. Well, that's oftentimes a trend at Real Madrid for managers. You know, you don't perform, the manager will just get thrashed. And it's really not just something at Real Madrid. It happens at a lot of clubs. Clubs don't perform, boom, you're done. For those of you who watch the NBA, if you don't, there's a team in the United States called the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've gone 0-6, zero wins. Six straight losses to start off their season. Their coach, Tyron Liu, uh, here in North America, we don't say sacked, we say fired. But, in essence, he was also sacked. You have a poor start to the season, and you're a shit manager. Irregardless of the sport, you're going to get wrecked. And chances are, uh, yeah, it's going to be the manager who's the scapegoat, as you said. Just to stick to that NBA trend, though, I mean, I'm not hugely clued up on on the NBA. Obviously, being British, it's not as big of a sport over here. That's not not disrespectful, by the way. I do find it intriguing when I do watch it. But 
didn't LeBron leave the Cavaliers? Obviously, I think in whatever trade it was, and he's gone. Is it to? Is it LA? He went to. Yes, he's now at the LA Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. So kind of a similar scenario where they've lost a big star like Madrid lost Ronaldo. Was he really adequately replaced? Would you say? Obviously, I'm in no qualified position to say that, but. Uh, by no means can you replace a LeBron James. That's very difficult. It, honestly, your comparison is very, very good because it, it's so similar in that they're really both the just they're they're both the kings of their respective sport. You know, Ronaldo's fifty goals a season. LeBron can essentially just drag a team into the second, if not third round of the playoffs. So, your comparison, I definitely see where it's coming from. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I think. I mean, I think I think it was Lopetegui's father who came out recently. He was like, with Ronaldo leaving, his son was robbed of 50 goals a season when they didn't choose to replace him. So I think that's a fair comment, if I'm honest. I definitely think it's a fair comment. Let us know if you think it's a fair comment. And if you don't watch basketball, maybe now you'll watch your first basketball game. So <laughs> who knows? We're just taking this podcast all over the world. Uh, anyway, so of course, Lopetegui's gone. Hassan, you had some really interesting things in the group chat to say about that announcement. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I will get to the juicy parts real fast. Go for it. So, quote, the board considers there to be a large disparity between the quality within Real Madrid's squad, which boasts eight nominees for the next Ballon d'Or award, an unprecedented number in the club's history and the team's results to date. What? the heck does that mean exactly on the one hand you've just sacked your manager but then on the other hand you're bragging about the quality of your players which no disrespect to any of them we love them all dearly haven't been that quality so far they've played nowhere near Ballon d'Or standard I mean if you were to base the Ballon d'Or on the current form of this season they wouldn't even make I don't think they'd even make the ranking period anywhere like just at all they've been absolutely diabolical this season from the get-go really I mean we had a couple of decent games in the first few but since then it's just been utterly downhill and to be honest you can blame as much as you want on Lopetegui's tactics here and there and you know his rotation for injuries and all that sort of thing but ultimately you still got to perform and they just have not at all performed in any sense so it's I don't know if anybody's played I guess I could just say Jenga it's like a game of Jenga Every game that Lopetegui and Real Madrid essentially screwed up, dropped points or lost, or it was just a bit of a mess, uh, was kind of like moving one block from the tower, except these blocks weren't removed strategically. They were... Uh, just yanked out. Exactly. They were just heavily imbalancing the whole structure, uh, essentially the organization. So now, what is it that happens? Um, like, where, where does Real Madrid go from here of course they've announced that this is also in the statement Santiago Solari will, will take temporary charge of the team assuming his role as first team coach from tomorrow Tuesday we've had some pretty harsh things said about Solari in this podcast so what the heck do you have to say now uh, same thing that I've been saying the entire time what an absolute fucking disaster that is if, I hope he's only temporary and I hope he remains a temporary coach for that 15 15- 15-day period. If he stays just a prolonged coach, it's going to be an absolute disaster. I'm telling everybody that's listening that now. He's not anywhere near good enough to be the coach from Madrid. No way near. Back to the Jenga analogy real quickly. 
what were the three biggest games that you would say really just had this whole thing come crashing down on itself? Um, thinking about it, I'd say the CSK Moscow game was probably quite a large, large contributor to that. Uh, I'd say the two-one loss to Levante at home was probably again a large. That was probably the that was probably when the the sort of coffin was kind of ordered, if we want to put it that way. And the classical was when the lid was shot and he was buried with a pretty grim service. That <laughs> was a pretty quick service. So interesting stats um, just on that on that classical game. The last time Real Madrid have been beaten by such a large margin was in 2010. So that and, and that's just one of many stats that really point us as to how this just isn't really going well at all. Quick side note, Christopher McCormack, I see you liking tweets on Twitter, but you couldn't be <laughs> a little bit sus, my friend. You've been exposed, Chris. You've been exposed. You've been exposed. If anyone listens to this, uh, please go and just give him a nice rocking on Twitter. Yeah, go and attack him. Fill his, fill his DM box. Um... So we, we've looked at the three games that we know are just the ones that really just pushed everything over the edge. Lopetegui's gone. Solari will take over. Of course, uh, not many people are keen on him. But really, moving forward, suppose you know Real Madrid are able to land anybody that they want, of course, within reason, that they're available. Who, who should Real Madrid even look at at this point that is available? Because... All the big managers right now are just snatched up and they're working on their own little but big projects. Yeah, there's not much available at all, to be honest. I mean, the only ones I can think of off the top of my head right now, obviously, is the obvious Arsene Wenger and Antonio Conte have already been discussed. Uh, and other than that, I can only think of Leonardo Jardim, who was sat by Monaco not too long ago, who's not that bad, in my opinion. I mean, I think a lot of people sort of look at the season Monaco have had this season and immediately condemn him. But in fairness, he's lost a lot of stars and they've not really been covered back up again. Obviously, I know they signed a few decent players in Yuri Tilsman and people like that, but generally speaking, they, they've become a, a kind of a whore themselves out kind of club there. So I don't think he's that bad of a manager at all. I mean, he gave debuts to people like, you know, Mbappe and helped players like, you know, Mendy and Fabinho and all those kind of players. Really break out onto the, onto the scene in Europe. So if you push for an answer of who you could look at, I'd definitely say he's on the list as well. And then obviously you've got the other obvious candidate, which is Guti, but I'm not really a fan of that idea either, to be honest. Well, you just brought me into my next point. Now, Guti, of course, even when Zinedine Zidane you know, decided to step down and move on to other things, not that anyone knows what the other things are exactly, um, but take a break from football in the summer. Many people pointed towards Guti, and really the only premise was, yeah, Guti should do it because Zidane did it. But there's a lot of variables in that equation. I'm kind of scared to see Guti take that position because I feel like if he does take that and he doesn't do well, he's just going to get train wrecked so fast and so hard. It's really just going to derail his career as a manager. Yeah, definitely, before he even gets off the ground. Yeah, if he takes this Real Madrid position now in this state, it, it's going to be doing the impossible. If he gets it done, he's a god. If he doesn't, 
no one will remember him. No one will want to remember him. No, no one will want to remember him. So at the end of the day, it's a very precarious job to take now because you're essentially putting your reputation on the line completely. Um, but the, the the problem that I have with people looking at you know players like Guti, uh, sorry, not players like Guti, managers like Guti even nowadays, um, and saying, yeah, give it him because if Zidane can do it, he can do it. Well, here's the thing that people need to consider. Zidane took over a squad which had just finished with Ancelotti and they were hungry at that point in time. Um, for chasing another Champions League, they they was hungry in that side. They weren't all sort of hedging down towards the decline that they're on now. Um, and at the end of the day, like just look at the levels, the difference in levels compared to last season, Zidane's first season. That squad's clearly on its downhill run now, finishing 17 points adrift. The writing was on the wall last season. I mean, yeah, okay, they won the Champions League, but. If you compare that to the other years when they won the Champions League, it was a lot, I hate to say the word, luckier. I mean, the run was difficult, don't get me wrong, but we had Ronaldo to bail us out. Now, Guti doesn't have that. He doesn't have anyone near that standard either. So how does he logistically come in and even come close to replicating that? I just don't see it. Now, there's a lot of controversy that I'm sure many of you have seen on Twitter about this whole Antonio Conte issue with Sergio Ramos. Care to shed light? Well, to be honest, I think that statement from Ramos is exactly why we need someone like Conte. I think we need someone like him to come in and whip the dressing room into shape because I feel like a lot of the starters in the team currently are getting on there currently based on name merit and not on form. If you look at if you look at the basis of form, there's players in that side who should be starting like Danny Ceballos and like Mariano, who aren't getting the chances because Benzema's getting it in there and Modric is getting in there, who, both of whom have been absolutely abysmal all season. Modric has not been anywhere near the standard he should be. And Benzema, as far as I'm concerned, should be in a retirement home. So, there's, you know, there's that to consider. And I know Benzema fans are probably going to come at me for that, but let's be frank, if he could put his dinner away, right, we could easily have got an equaliser in that game before they went and scored four more goals in the second half. So, come at me with that one. Come at us, Kareem, with that one. Um, it's funny, I swear you must be working for Bleacher Report because I'm just scrolling through their Twitter and they actually drew the same comparison that you drew. Um, they tweeted, Cavs since LeBron left, 0-6, last in the <laughs> East, coach fired. Again, for those of you who don't know, uh, the National Basketball Association is split by conferences geographically, West and East. Um, and Real Madrid since Ronaldo left, four wins in 10 league games, ninth in La Liga. And the manager has been fired. I'm trying to find another interesting tweet that I did see earlier in the day about how this season has been going. Um, aside from that, though, what is the likelihood now that everything's become such a mess that we actually do get a big name player in January, possibly the Eden Hazard? I don't know, to be honest. It depends on how it goes. I, I don't think Hazard's going to leave in January unless Chelsea sign a player that's adequate enough to replace him. But the other thing is is whether he's going to want to leave if Chelsea are doing well. So say if they've... I know it's the Europa League, but say if they've progressed quite far in there and they're you know nearing the top of the table and still competitive, I don't see why he's going to want to leave that in the winter window unless it, he's been offered you know huge money and Madrid are doing well. Because say that for, for argument's sake that Madrid are sitting, you know, outside the top four still in January, for example. Why is Eden Hazard going to want to ditch top three Chelsea for in the crisis 
that Madrid finds themselves. I just don't see why you'd want to do that. I really don't. Do you think that anybody at all comes into Real Madrid, even if it's not Eden Hazard? In January, no, I don't think so. Because if you base it on how the form is going right now and how things are right now, I don't see why anyone's going to want to come into that, especially if they're in a big club already. I mean, who is there realistically we can even look at? Dybala's not going to leave Juventus because it's clicking there. Undefeated in the league, undefeated in the Champions League. Yet to see concede a goal in the Champions League. He's already bested his best tally in the Champions League so far this season in just the group stage. You know, he's playing next to Ronaldo. What's, what's to lose there? To come play next to Benzema and Bale. I don't, I don't see why he ditched that, to be honest. As I've just said about Hazard, I doubt he's going to ditch Chelsea. Kane isn't going to leave Spurs because he just signed a new long-term deal. Plus, I just don't think he's going to be the adequate kind of standard that we need. I don't think there's anyone realistically in January big, at least, that they can go for. Uh, this would be a long shot, way out of left field, something that was apparently considered in January. Uh, now that you mentioned Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, what are the chances of Mauricio Pochettino? I think it all comes down to how Spurs' season goes. Obviously, I mean, I'm watching the Man City games literally as we speak, and they're losing currently. They've not been in the best of form. They're essentially looking at the looking at an exit from the Champions League. Um, the new stadium's bound to come in at some point. Even saying that they keep delaying it back and forth. I don't know what's going on there, but um, I don't know. I think. I don't think Pochettino's going to exactly leave, up and leave in January unless he's sacked, which I really highly doubt that Spurs would do that. Um, I don't think I could see him leaving Spurs until next next summer, and that's if Spurs do quite tragically badly. That's when I say tragically badly, I mean going trophyless, finishing outside the top four, uh, which is possible, completely possible by the way they've been playing. So the only time I see Pochettino coming in is next season if he's been given the boot by Spurs for a poor season. Well, I guess we'll see. As of now, uh, again, for the 10 millionth time, as you probably heard, Lopetegui's gone. Uh, Solari, who is the coach of the Castilla team, uh, will now be the interim coach for Real Madrid. Uh, so what happens to the Castilla team? Who knows? Hopefully it gets better for them because they're not doing that well either. All they're sitting in fifth currently. Yeah, so uh, better than us. Well, that's all that. Uh, basically, that's everything that's happened. Lovatagi's gone. Salari's taken over. Just to finish this podcast with a little bit of optimism, just because ending things on a sour note is never great. But the last time Real Madrid were ninth or lower at this stage of a La Liga season was in the 2001-2002 season. Uh, said season twice. Anyway, uh, that season ended happily. I'll give you a second to think about why it did. And exactly, that's what it is. Uh, Real Madrid won a Champions League title that year from one of the most iconic goals in Champions League football and maybe just football in general. Uh, Zinedine Zidane's left-footed volley, which was an absolute gem. Anyway, Austin, any last points before we close out? Be prepared to see players like Asensio playing in centre-back, Courtois up top, Casemiro, I was going to say, it's a can, but he does that anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just get prepared for chaos on the Solari for the next two weeks because that guy does not know positioning if it, 
kidnapped his wife and took his kids. Oh my God! Well, I'm glad we ended on interesting note, and we ended on a little bit of sinister humor. Uh, nonetheless, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day, or at least if you can, morning or whatever time it is, whenever you listen to this. Uh, and yeah, Real Madrid will be playing their next game this week. It's a midweek fixture in the Copa del Rey. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the coverage. Follow us on Twitter and uh, enjoy. As always, Hello Madrid. <laughs>